From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. And welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for November 20th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Walter Eccles and Will Perry are back in the peanut gallery. And uh, we apologize that there was no email show last week due to illness. We had. Uh, uh, well, Julie was sick, I wasn't feeling well, and John and Kevin were on vacation, so it was going to be kind of a, a hard show to do with yeah. four of us <laughs> down for the count. So uh, we apologize for that, but uh, our uh, our show on the podcast cruise um, was well-received, and uh, we've seen a nice spike in the number of you who are joining us. We've added a number of staterooms to our, our group, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to that last week, by all means, please... Check out the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. You'll find a link to uh, the show we did discussing our upcoming podcast cruise on May 10th, 2009. And uh, you'll find uh, on our show notes page anything links to anything that we're discussing uh, each week in our show. And uh, I want to make sure, as I've uh, told you before, I, I want to make sure we're giving plugs each week to our uh, some of our sponsors who have stepped up to help us with our Toy Story Mania meet uh, during Mouse Fest on December 13th. Uh, we have more than 500 of our site visitors and listeners going to be joining us for that party. And uh, the only way that's happening is thanks to the generosity of the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, Gaylord Palms Hotel, uh, Sheridan Vistana Resort, and the Timeshare Store. Um, these guys really stepped up for us and um, really... Uh, encourage you to show your appreciation for their support of our community by supporting their businesses and uh, you know we don't normally uh, uh, we don't normally do plugs like that on the show but uh, I'm going to be plugging them for a couple of months to say thank you uh, you know they did not have to step up especially with the economy the way it is uh, a lot of these businesses are cutting back on advertising and things like that these guys didn't hesitate we told them we had a lot of people that were going to be really disappointed and uh that's why they stepped up. So we're trying to do everything we can for them. And uh, again, uh, Walt Disney World, Swan and Dolphin, Gaylord Palms, Sheridan, Vistana, three incredible, incredible resorts, each offering a very different experience. And we have great rates on the site uh, for all three. And, of course, the Timeshare Store, if you're thinking about becoming a Disney Vacation Club member, which we highly recommend, uh, you should really check out the Timeshare Store. They resell. Uh, DVC ownerships and you can save a lot of money uh, going through them. We've worked with all of these properties, all of these co uh, companies for many, many years. We're good friends with all of them. So that's how we get them on the site is that these are companies and people we want to do business with that we trust that we know are going to take good care of our visitors. What's great about the timeshare store is that you're not only dealing with a website, they, they have an office and they have office hours. So when you call, you're talking to somebody you're not talking, you know, it's not just a website. You, you put it in and you don't know, know who you're dealing with, which is, which is a big plus. Exactly, exactly. And Tom Yeary over the Timeshare store is probably one of the most honest men I've ever met. And in the Timeshare business, that's really saying something because it's not a very honest business. And Tom's the kind of guy, he's that old-fashioned that old -fashioned southern gentleman. Um, you know, his word is his bond, and he, he'll do, he does deals on a handshake. And uh, he's a good man. It's a good company. They're all, I mean, Audrey uh, Cornu and Randall Dobson over at the Swan Dolphin, very, very good friends of ours for many years. I don't know that the Diz would exist as it does right now if it wasn't for Audrey because she was the first advertiser to come on the site back in the very early days. I mean, the site was not even a year old yet. And Audrey was the first advertiser followed in rapid succession by Tom Yeary at the Timeshare Store. That's how long we've been doing business with these folks, I mean, 11 years. Um, and you know, again, on the internet, especially that's that's really hard to uh, really hard to come by. And then, of course, Ruben Gonzalez over at Sheridan Vistana is a very good friend of ours. It's a very good friend of Bob's, and uh, was uh, really very very sweet uh, to us after Bob's passing. As was Todd Farber over at the Gaylord Palms. 
Um, again, two incredible properties. You heard us talk about the Gaylord in our last uh, our discussion show this week. The ice uh, exhibit that's going on over there for the holidays is absolutely out of this world. So, um, you know, I, I know that we don't normally do the advertising bit on the show, but uh, while we are promoting them by saying this, we're saying it. You know, I'm saying it from my heart. We're not just making stuff up to make them sound good. The reason we do business with these companies is because we know them. We have a history with them. We know how, how good they are at what they do and how well they take care of our people. And that's a prerequisite for being on the site. There are so many businesses I turn away, much to Corey's frustration, much to John's frustration. Um, there's a lot of advertisers I turn away. There's a lot of companies I won't do business with, either because they don't have a good reputation or I don't like the product. Uh, that's a requirement before we'll even think about putting them on the site. So... Um, when I recommend these guys, I recommend them with my whole heart, and I can tell you, you'll get nothing but a great experience doing business uh, with these companies. So, with that, before you go on, can I say something about the podcast crews? Sure. We've been getting a lot of questions because in the last special show we did, we talked about the group space is going to be closing. Disney makes us close our group space four months before the sale date. So on January tenth. They're going to make us stop selling at the reduced rate. Probably a few days before that, we'll have to turn our group space over. So if you're looking to book this cruise, do it now. Got to do it soon. Try to do it before January first if you can. It's not that there won't be availability. It's that the pricing, this really, really, really good pricing that we're getting, uh, is not going to be available. And as I mentioned in the show last week, in the podcast show last week. For any cruise, for any Disney cruise, the pricing we have for this four-night cruise is excellent. But when you add on to it all the special things we're doing, all the uh, extra parties and things we're doing on top of that that are just all included with your cruise fare, it just really it's the best deal out there. I just want to say that if you can't book before then, if you can't come up with a deposit, you can still book after that date. After we've closed out our group space, you can still partake in all the activities. You're just going to pay a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Can I also suggest that if you're on the fence, you make your deposit. If you are undecided as to whether or not you're going to go, you have until 75 days prior to departure to change your mind and get a full refund on your deposit. Which would be somewhere around the middle of February, right? Right. However, if you wait until after that, you're going to pay the higher price. Yep. Can I answer one more thing? Sure. There's a thread on our Diz Unplugged board about um, people being unsure after we talked about brunch and all the great food on the Disney Cruise Line, that there's um, some folks who are unsure as to whether this will be too fancy. Um, <clears throat> trust me, it's not. No, not at all. There are choices. There's a wide variety of cho- choices. It, it spans the taste of spectrum you know from meat and potatoes to lobster on right. a cruise so every night on the menu there's a simple steak a simple chicken and a simple fish and then there are other dishes that are um more ingredients more t- uh different ingredients however there's also a pizza place on the ship there's a snacks hot, and wraps kind hot, of thing hot dogs and hamburgers and chicken sandwiches. sandwiches so there's something for everyone don't let this be a stumbling block oh yeah uh, and remember it's disney and disney knows their audience and disney knows that they can't you know do hot you know high-end formal uh type stuff i mean they certainly have some of that stuff available but it's all optional yep. and you know no matter what as kevin said no matter what your tastes are uh They've got something for everybody, so you certainly don't be don't be the least bit concerned that it's too it's going to be too formal or too fancy. And if you want to be like John and be antisocial, you can have room service in your room every night. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, now that we've spent ten minutes <laughs> shelling, uh, we're going to uh, go ahead and start with our first voicemail for this week. Comes to us from Kristen in Massachusetts, who has a, ter- a question for Miss Teresa about the kids club so here's Teresa. hi podcast crew this is Kristen from massachusetts born teach on the boards i am a um, a new podcast uh diehard and i am enjoying the program very much thank you so much for all the work that you do um i actually have a question for Teresa. 
Uh, Teresa, I love listening to your reports, especially having to do with how your children uh, have enjoyed and participated in things at the parks. And I'm wondering, from a kid's perspective, my daughter is uh, is just four and is ready to attend some of the kids' play areas, the Cubs' Den, the Neverland Club. And I really would love to hear about how, uh, from a kid perspective, how they enjoy them. Um, it's obviously something that only a kid could provide. And I'm wondering if um, if your daughter would be willing to give us a, her own review of uh, one of the clubs uh, before I send my daughter, who is eager to go, but I think just a little nervous. That's all. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for that, Kristen. And uh, I know that uh, Teresa hasn't had a chance yet to... Uh uh, have her kids experience any of the kids club but i thought that was a great idea and i asked Teresa earlier if she would be willing to take that on as a segment sending stella not max well whoever you want he's too old i think he's a little too old for the kids clubs but it's running through ice um uh, so we're going to have Teresa do an ongoing segment or a series of segments on each of the uh, kids clubs over the next few months and uh since you Kristen have come up with an idea for a segment. You get to pick a number. And just to let everybody know how that works, uh, we have our prize matron here with 50 buttons on it. Each button corresponds to a different prize. There's all sorts of cool things on there from trips to iPods to Segway tours to gift certificates. And uh, if you come up with a segment idea for us to do on the show that we use, you get to pick a number. Um, if you send us a review of something, a recorded review of an attraction or an event or something that you experienced that we play on the show, you get to pick a number. And if you uh, send us an email or a voicemail that we play on the show at the end of every month, we select one listener at random, and they get to pick a number. So there are a few different ways to pick a number. And uh, so what do you think? You think Stella yeah. will uh, be and up for it? This involves me leaving her somewhere, right? And gives me a little time without. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. It does. Well, all right. I got an anniversary coming up. Sounds like a good thing to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's uh, Thanksgiving week, isn't it? Yep, 26. 20 26. 20 years. 20 years. And never had a, a fight. Oh, please. She was a child bride. I was. <laughs> I was quite young. She was, she was 11. <laughs> oh, God. No, that'll be good. Huh? You're married in Arkansas? I was. <laughs> oh, John <laughs> at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Oh, Arkansas is not letting people, uh, gay people adopt babies. They can take the heat. Really. You take a little punch once in a while. Oh, no, Lord. No, no, we'll step out. We'll give it a try and see what, what happens. But uh, it, it just so happens, uh, Kristen, that um, we uh, did receive a review this week, uh, 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 an email or a voicemail review of the Neverland Club at the Poly from one of our listeners, uh, Jack, and his mom, who goes by Jack's mom. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you now. Here's Jack and his mom. Complete with dramatic music. Jack and his mom have high production values. <laughs> Hi, Podcast Crow. This is Jack from Massachusetts, and I'm nine years old. Hi, and I'm Kim, Jack's mom, also known as Jack, Jack's Mom 99 on the boards. I wanted to call and give you the review of the Neverland Club at the Polynesian Resort. The reason I am calling in with this review is that I noticed a lot of people were calling in with reviews of their experience of things at Walt Disney World, but there haven't been a lot of them from the kids' point of view. Well, I made the reservation for the Neverland Club 90 days before our April vacation. I have since found out that the booking window is now 180 days, as I've made another reservation for our upcoming Christmas trip. The club is open from 4 p.m. to 12 a.m., and it's $11 per hour per child. However, there is a DVC discount, which, of course, I forgot to use the last time. Well, we dropped off Jack and his six-year-old sister Meredith at 6.30 p.m., the club was located in a separate building off to the right of the resort towards the TTC. While, when you walk in the door, the first thing you see is the check-in desk, which is shaped like a bed, which I am thinking is supposed to be a bed from the nursery in Peter Pan. There are two options to get into the club. One is to walk through the door, which is the boring option. The second cha- choice is to go through the nursery window and slide down the very small slide. 
kind of like a little tight slide painted pink, which is the other boring option, but maybe cute for little kids. My sister seemed to like it. While the kids were getting sent off to Neverland, I had some paperwork to fill out. Of course, you sign your life away, and they ask for emergency information for someone who is not on vacation with you. They also ask about allergies, where we were going to be, and how long we would be, and they took our cell phone numbers. The paperwork did take a few minutes to fill out, so allow yourself some extra time when you drop the kids off. After sliding down the little tight slide, I entered Neverland, and it's amazing. When you enter the club, there's a main room that is painted blue with a weird scarecrow-looking Peter Pan hung up in the corner. The room has risers covered in carpet in front of a large projector screen where Disney Channel shows or Disney movies are playing all night. On the left side is the room. Of the room is a pirate ship that has old classic arcade games inside, which are free to play, of course. Next to the pirate ship, there's a small art and craft center. My sister Meredith made a mask, play with played out, and colored pictures in this area. Next to the arts and crafts area, they have four playstations. I spent a lot of time with a friend I met playing di- playing different Disney video games. There are also some board games to play and some stuffed animals that my sister enjoyed playing with. The club serves dinner to the kids. Some of the guidebooks report that it's a buffet dinner, but this is no longer true. At check-in, they ask the kids what they want to eat. Jack says they had a choice of chicken nuggets, macaroni and cheese, and peanut butter jelly. The one thing they don't mention is that there are scheduled meal times. Apparently, my kids had missed the first meal time by a few minutes and had to wait for the next round, which was about 20 to 30 minutes later. I mentioned this when I was making my December reservation, and the cast member told me that the kids need to be there and place their dinner order before 6.15 in order to eat right away. When I went down the slide, I went to the pirate ship. Since I heard that is where the video games are. I was expecting a modern console like PS2 or Wii. But when I walked in, I stepped through a time machine. I walked into a classic arcade game ship with old Sega arcade games. Oh, no. After exploring that, the counselors called us over for dinner. Now, as my mom mentioned, I had to wait. And I mean wait. Why was in the movie prison since I didn't enjoy the movies for 20 to 30 minutes? I met some friends. It was very easy to make friends here. After my time in the movie prison, my meal was here. The movie prison? After we ate, we could go and play. I went to the parcher and played some games there. Now, being the modern Apple computer geek slash nerd, I wasn't there for long. Then I went over to the small PS2s. I switched games, but you have to ask for a switch. But I would not recommend it. They, they didn't really know what I was talking about. I was talking about. I played The Incredibles, and then, then the game I switched to, Power Rangers Super Legends. After the friend I was playing with left, I played some trackers. After that guy left, I played in the pirate ship. Then I noticed there was a good part in Meet the Robinsons. Then my mom picked me up and we left to go back to the hotel room. I would recommend this for any kid who wants to go and play with other people or just sit around and watch a movie with stuffed animals. (laughs) (laughs) After a wonderful dinner at the California Grill, we returned to pick the kids up at 11.45 and they were the last ones there. Both of my kids said they had a great time and and were sent home with coloring pages and stickers. It was expensive, but worth it to have a safe and fun place for the kids to go while my husband and I had a wonderful dinner with my parents. So all in all, I think the kids really had a great time, and they both said they wanted to do it again, so we've planned another night out for Mom and Dad with a night for the kids at the Adventureland Club. So this is Kim and Jack saying goodbye, and thanks for all that you do. Bye. This music? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for that, uh, Jack and Jack's mom. Um, I love the. Uh, I walked into a time warp, and there were all Sega games. <laughs> he actually, this Jack has his own podcast. 
Does he? Yeah. Remember he called in. It's been like maybe a month ago or so. Uh, can't remember what, he, what, was, what it was for, but yeah, he was asking for advice from Will about certain applications to use or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Must have been while I was away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you sending that in. That was, uh, that was a great review, great perspective from both the mom's, uh, mom's point of view and Jack's. So uh, Jack and his mom, decide amongst you which number you want to pick. So thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. John's like, oh no, another prize. How many freaking numbers are there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, who has an email they want to read? I do. Johnny. Mine is from Marla, and she's in Orlando, Florida. I think she's outside our window right now. Oh, is that the stalker I've had? <laughs> we are DVC members, but, but since we now live in Florida, we're running, wondering about renting our points out. What if we rent out our points to Led Zeppelin? And they trash the room. Are we liable <laughs> as a DVC owners who rented out their points? <laughs> My husband asked me at that, about that, and I had no idea. Led Zeppelin's in nursing homes at this point. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know if they're still alive they or not. they spill their insure on the carpet. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yes. As the DVC member and as a person who makes the reservation, you are liable for anything your guests, quote-unquote, whether or not they're someone you know or don't know, that you're running the points to, anything your guests do to the room. So part of the process is you want to make sure you pick someone you can trust, not only from, a, you know, are they going to pay you for the points, but are they going to be respectful of the DVC property? I, I don't think this is a huge deal. Um, you know, obviously you want to take some precautions and not rent to kids, per se. But or Courtney Love. Really. I mean, I think anybody who's going to rent points, especially if you find them on the for rent or for trade board, they're going to be fairly up and up, and no one's going to trash the room on you. But you should be aware of that. If something breaks or something happens, you're going to be liable for it. How would you protect yourself from that? Could you like maybe include that in a, a contract that you do between the renters? Any contract you do can include anything you want. However, enforcing that contract is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be have to be a level of proof. Did they actually do it? That type of thing. But... I guess you could try to put it in a contract. I don't know how much legal action you have at that. Yeah, point. and all the years we've been uh, we've been allowing the rent trades on the boards. I don't think I've heard yet of a scenario where that's happened. I, I mean, think, I'm not saying it hasn't. I'm right. just saying it's. I've never been made aware of it. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've ever heard one story of anyone ever saying a room was trashed or a room was a DVC no. property was ruined for now, anybody. Now, for those listeners who are not sure what we're talking about, uh, DVC is a Disney Vacation Club, which is Disney's version of a timeshare. And uh, one of the things that some DVC members do uh, is they will rent out their points. When you buy into DVC, you buy a certain number of points, and those points can be used for different different room, different size rooms from a studio, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, in a few different resorts. And uh, what some people do is they will rent these DVC points and get one of these rooms for a lot cheaper than it would be if you went through Disney. Uh, For example, like a one-bedroom, and I'm just really just pulling this off the top of my head. This is not exact numbers, but, you know, to to rent a one-bedroom direct from Disney at Old Key West, for example, uh, might cost you as much as four or $500 a night. Whereas if you're renting points from a DVC owner, that same room may cost you $150, $200 a night or not even. Depending on what time of year you're going, how many points you need, it seems to be averaging about $10 a point to rent. Am I right? Right. On the boards now, it's about $10 a point. What people are asking. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to um, get to stay at a deluxe resort for, um, you know, or get a larger a larger room um, than, you know, than you would be able to get otherwise. So, um, for a price that's that's pretty reasonable. So that's uh, it's a good tip and good uh, good cautionary tale for DVC owners who are renting out their points. Uh, it occurs to me that I have failed to mention at the beginning of the show how to get in touch with us if you want to send us an email or leave us a voicemail. Uh, emails can be sent to podcast at wdwinfo.com and voicemails toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 and if you'd like to uh, record your own and not call it in, um, that we like that uh, improved sound quality when people record them uh, themselves. Uh, we have a tutorial 
on our website at podcast.wdwinfo.com on our show notes page. Tells you exactly how to do that, how to record your own uh, question for the show and, and email it into us. So with that out of the way, who else has an email they'd like to read? Kevin. I do. Mine is from Stacy in St. Louis, Missouri. <clears throat> Stacy says, hi, everybody. Thanks always for the wonderful shows. I can't tell you how much I enjoy listening. Okay, I have one question and one idea to share. The first idea, I know everybody is always looking for something that will help them with the I'm Home from Disney Blues. This past trip, I purchased the photo CD with, before leaving for vacation for ninety nine ninety five. While on vacation, we had about 100 pictures taken by the photo pass photographer. When we arrived home, I got online to view the photos and was surprised to find that I could edit the photos and add Disney characters, sayings, and photo frames to my pictures to create a digital uh, images. In the end, it probably took me five hours and I ended up with over 500 photos on my CD. This was a great way to have some of the Disney magic at home and now I have lots of images to scrapbook. I was also able to use some of my images to create a calendar so every month I'm surround, or I'm, excuse me, I'm reminded of my trip. That's her, uh, her idea to share. Her question, I have a co-worker who just got back from Disney and shared with me uh, one of Disney's well-kept secrets, in quotes. They stayed at the Yacht Club and apparently made friends with a staff member. I believe he was the doorman. He apparently shared with them the secret that if you walk up to any Disney cast member and use these exact words, do you have something unique or something special, they will give, not trade, but give, you a pin. He said a small number went out to his, he said once, excuse me, He said one staff member went out to his car and came back with two lanyards filled with pins and gave one to each member of the family. They spent the rest of the vacation walking up to Disney cast members all over property saying the magical phrase and got free pins. He claims they got back with over 400 pins between the four of them. Anybody heard of this? I'm thinking that this might be one of his tall tales. Thanks for everything, Stacy. Um, I think the photo pass idea is a great idea if that's what you'd like to do and you'd like to scrapbook. I think the idea of editing them and adding characters and sayings to them could be fun. As far as the pins, mm, I don't think Disney's given anything away. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Never, ever heard of this. Heard um, of I've heard of cast members putting a pin away of their own that if a child walks up and starts talking to them that they'll share a pin of their own and, you know, get a child pin trading or something like that. However, it's on an individual basis and it's what they decide to do. Walking out to his car while he's on duty and coming back with a lanyard filled with pins for everybody no that way. Disney does <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah, Disney's not really good about giving stuff away. They kind of like you to buy it. Not only that, but logically speaking, cast members park on the other side of Orlando. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> would have taken him two days to go to his car and come back. Really. So this all sounds kind of like your friend might have been pulling your leg a little bit. Um, That's I think not the to- doorman at the yacht club maybe may have gone senile. <laughs> <laughs> it's, here's not. It's not to say that Disney magic can't happen, and someone may not may give you a pin for free or something like that. But- there are some special little things that cast members can do. Um, Guest recovery, mostly. Right. And then there are the, those um, Year of a Million Dreams pins that people walk around giving out, and it's one for you to keep and one for you to trade. But that's not... There are no magic words at Disney where they're going to end up giving you free merchandise. I wish there were. <laughs> uh, yeah, we would have all used them by now. Here's my credit card. That's the magic Can phrase. I charge this to my room? <laughs> right. So, Stacy, no, I apologize. I don't think... I don't think he's telling you the whole truth. Yeah, I think there might be uh, something up with that. But All right, thank you for that, Kevin. Our next voicemail comes to us from Paul in New York, who I thought had an interesting idea for a family tradition. Uh, if you're going to come down to uh, Disney World at the holidays, since we're coming up on that, I thought this might give people uh, an, a neat little idea. So here's, here's Paul. Hey, podcast crew, it's Paul from New York. I was just calling in with a comment about the holidays at the World. I'm going down in December with my family. We're going to stay at the Poly. Very excited because it's our first time staying at Disney World during the holidays. So we're really uh, excited to see you know all the different decorations and, and the theming that goes on. And I really wanted to see if I could do something in the room as well, uh, you know, for the kids and for my wife. They would really love it if we could have like a tree or something in there. And they have no idea I'm thinking about this. So, um, I so this is something I'm planning on my own. But the uh, 
I was looking at the Disney World florist and seeing what they can offer. And I'm sure, as you know, and some of your listeners may know, you can get a, a tree, a Christmas tree, delivered to your room, fully furnished with all the ornaments and bells and whistles and all that stuff, um, by Disney and delivered. But it costs about $400, and that's pre-tax. So it's a little, little bananas, in my opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind paying a lot if I feel like I'm getting a lot. But it just seems like the value really isn't there, you know. Um, and uh, especially since when I look at it, I could spend $500 and upgrade my room to a Magic Kingdom view. Why wouldn't I just do that rather than get a, a dinky little fake plastic tree in my room? But I digress. Um, the, so I was thinking of alternatives. And I actually came across a pretty neat idea, which I thought I would share, uh, and that is to if you go to Amazon or any sort of retail site on the web that you prefer, and you can find Christmas trees starting at about $10 for like a, a, a small three-foot tree. And, of course, you, know, you could get fancier and go up from there. But for, you know, for a $10 tree that's small and roughly the same size of what Disney would give you anyway – you can easily you could fit that thing in your in a larger luggage bag or just have it I think shipped to the resort and that's where my question comes in how do you ship things to the resort and is that a problem um, but if you get that tree to your room you're starting with a bare bones tree of course and you could buy some ornaments online again same retailers will have Disney ornaments and that sort of thing and you could start decorating it in the room uh, with your family and then every day while you're in the parks you can pick up more ornaments and more tchotchkes or whatever and decorate the tree when you get back to the room every night and it becomes a sort of daily event or daily fun thing to do to upgrade and decorate the tree with the things that you picked up from the parks and downtown Disney and whatnot. And so by the end of your trip, you have fully decorated your tree and it's become a family event and you can then take that tree uh, at the end of the trip and you can ship it home or you can just pack the ornaments and send those home and then those become nice mementos on your real Christmas tree from your trip. And I, I thought that was a much better way to go. Is, I mean, not just is it more cost effective, but it's also more family involved. You know, again, rather than just having a $400 prepaid beautiful tree delivered to your room and everyone just looks at it and goes, wow, that's cool, you actually build the tree together as a family day after day and you have all those ornaments and things like that that you picked out and that you decorated with and that can go on your tree, you know, once you bring them back home. And those are, again, mementos from the trip. I thought that was a great idea. And um, just another way to go and being, you know, that we're close to the holidays and know a lot of people are going down there, I thought I might share that thought and uh, hope it might help. So, Otherwise, great job, guys. Still the best podcast out there. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything, and best wishes and, and luck to Pete. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I uh, really enjoyed uh, your voicemail. I think that's a really unique idea. I hadn't heard anyone doing that before, um, but we hear it all the time about you know the cost of Christmas trees, at, at, you know getting a, a tree from the Disney florist. It is ridiculously expensive. And uh, Now, yeah, you can have stuff shipped to the resorts, right? You can. Um want to want to just back up a little bit um one of the options that she has as well is gifts of a lifetime they'll deliver a tree to the room they'll also deliver a non-furnished tree a non-decorated tree so that might be an option rather than having to go through the steps yourself you can have things shipped to the resort uh on our resort pages you have the physical address of each resort so that's something you can do ahead of time um another option is if you have a car just go out to Walmart or Super Target. There's a Super Target and a Super Walmart within two or three miles of Disney, and you can get a you could get a real tree. They usually the garden centers have small trees. You could also get a small artificial tree, and still take your advice and buy the ornaments ornaments in the park. Or you could you know start with some basics if you don't want to have this stuff shipped. I love that idea. For four hundred dollars, you can rent the car and the tree. Exactly, yeah. and they're not that cool for four hundred dollars. For four hundred dollars, they would have to sing and glow and make their own cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the easy big treat. Oh, it's a great idea, Paul, and we really appreciate you uh, sharing that tip uh, with our listeners. So thanks what very much. And he will be yeah. allowed to have another T-shirt. Yes, we will let you have another <laughs> or T-shirt or a pin and lanyard, whatever you like. Exactly. All right. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Mrs. Martin. Ooh. I saw you go on Corey. Corey, Corey. Went, to, Corey went to grab, too. <laughs> um, I actually, th- this, these two kind of go together. 
Both of these guys are from Connecticut. Um, I have one from Eric and one from Dean. They both want to know about the weather in December or during our wintertime. Gorgeous. <laughs> and it is. But we are not meteorologists. I have no idea what the weather is going to be like on your vacation. So. We're also not Nostradamus either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some tips, some suggestions. I use weather.com anytime Corey and I plan or go on a trip, wherever we go. Um, all you have to do is enter the city or the zip code. Uh, city, I would enter Lake Buena Vista. It's a little bit closer than Orlando. Or a zip code, 32830. And here, it'll pull up the weather for today. And you can look at yesterday's weather, today's weather, tomorrow's weather, the upcoming weekend. You can do a 10-day outlook, or you can look at the whole month. Which, you know, whether that's going to be totally accurate, I can't guarantee. Yeah, nobody's nobody's accurately predicting the weather for a month. But at least it will give you some sort of idea about what to expect. And they even have an hour-by-hour option because uh, Eric actually asked what he should pack for the days and evenings because it can be different. It could be warmer in the daytime and then cooler at night. And then you can also check out some of the local news station websites. Um, you have local6.com. That would be the number six, not spelled out. WFTV.com. And also WESH, W-E-S-H.com. Yeah, I'm, uh, but, I, I'm boycotting WFTV. Oh, <laughs> but I just wanted to be fair, so I listed the three that I watch the most. And then, um, but uh, you can only look at a seven-day outlook. So, you know, if you're flying in, say, I don't know, you can only see seven days in advance, which like most you, people only travel yeah. for seven days, so that's not so bad. If you have an iPhone, you can have weather delivered right to your phone, too. But um, Dean had an additional question and he says speaking of mouse fest because that's when they're coming in do you guys plan on attending or hosting any other events other than the mega meet and the toy story midway mania meet just want to make sure i get my full disc fix yes yeah but we're not telling you what it is right you have to find (laughs) us um there's going to be an additional meet on uh that sunday december 14th we're going to be doing the tree lighting ceremony at Epcot. Very casual. You don't have to sign up for it. Anybody who wants to attend can go. And it's just going to be a casual meet and greet. Come out. We're going to look, see the tree lighting together and uh, mix and mingle. Then leave. <laughs> Watch the tree light. It's going to be the podcast Mix and Mingle or the Diz Mix and Mingle. You know how. We have to come up with a name for it. Well, you said Mix and Mingle, so it made me think about the villains. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So those are the official things we'll be at. But some of the um, – there's a lot of people from the Diz who are going to be there. We have some webmasters who are going and some moderators who are going. And they're going to be attending other events as well. So keep an eye out from anybody. From and just so you know, the weather report, right now it's 65 degrees in Orlando. It's going to be in the mid-60s throughout the week with uh, lows in the 40s overnight. And then next week it's going into the 70s with lows in the 50s. Wow. Beautiful weather. Gorgeous weather. Yeah, it is. This is why we live here and you don't. That's right. This is the time of year to be here, believe me. So great. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Who else has an email? I have one. Uh, This is from Krista. Uh, We are going to Walt Disney World in June, and we'll have a German exchange student with us. She is fluent in English, but it really tires her translating all day. I read somewhere about a device you can use in the parks that translates. And I do know they have park maps... Um, in other languages available. My question is about the device. Is it available, and how much does it cost to rent or deposit? Also, does it work for all the rides and shows? Also, any clue as to what this thing is? Is it a headset that she wears, or is it a printout ride script? Um, well, it is a headset. It's a fairly large headset. Yeah, you look like a cyborg. <laughs> it's available at all the, the guest relations um, in all the theme parks. It's $100 to deposit this thing but you get your money back if you return it the same day in working condition yeah it's a wireless headset and they have the different languages you can choose from german french spanish portuguese and japanese i'm not going to go over all the rides that this includes but we do have it on the site but it's not all the rides just some of them but you can get this at all all four theme parks and is it free as long as you return it you deposit back yeah hundred dollar deposit cool i don't know why you'd want to take this thing home with you yeah really (laughs) Who knows? But I see a lot of people uh, using these. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I've never seen anybody. Me either. <laughs> now I'm going to start looking for <laughs> them. Start looking. Is it like headphones like we have on now? Or? The, or is it like the ones a- I've seen were red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're weird looking. 
You look like you look kind of freakish <laughs> walking around with these things on. Wow. But it's a it's a good uh, um, it's a good option for people. You know, if you don't want to, if you want to understand what some of these things are doing. But saying, can you have conversation with people you're with while you're doing that? Yeah. No, no, no. You go. Well, you're saying, can you hear the person you're with? Yeah. I don't know. I thought you meant if I'm talking to you, will it translate what you're saying to me? <laughs> this isn't Star Trek. Yeah, really. <laughs> What's your ATM pin number? I could use that at home. Wow. <laughs> really. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, Corey. Um, our next voicemail comes to us from Don in San Jose, California, who wants to know some good places to relax and people watch when he comes to visit Disney World. So here's Don. Greetings, all. This is SF Bay Don from the boards out in San Jose, California. I just had to let you all know how much I laughed when I heard somebody last week mentioning that they were riding the bench instead of riding the rides. I thought that was really funny. Um, In January, I'm going out to the world, and I'm going to have some free time. And what I'd like to do is find some places to stop and really see the details of the parks. I was hoping each of you could come up with some places that you would spend time if you had a few hours in the parks. You just wanted to stop, people watch, and take in the details of Disney. Congrats, Julie and Corey, on the baby coming up. And thanks to all of you for producing such a great show. Well, thank you, Don. I think uh, all of us probably have uh, spots that we like. I know for me, um, my favorite is to stop at the bakery on Main Street, grab a little something to eat. And a cup of coffee, go around the corner and uh, sit at one of the tables that's right there and just kind of hang out and watch watch what goes on, watch people. Um, a lot you'll see, like, you know, uh, the, one of the last times I did it, uh, did it back in March with uh, Bob when I was doing, we were doing our contemporary resort review. I think that's one of, one of the reasons it's got a special place in my heart. Um, and we sat there for a good few hours and we met up with some friends that, uh, we didn't realize we were going to be in the parks, and the Dapper Dance came and uh, sang for us. Just stood right in front of us there and just sang to us. And then some of the Streetmosphere characters that you'll tend to see on Main Street, the mayor of Main Street came up and was doing a whole shtick. And uh, we actually have a picture, I think, somewhere of Bob with the this woman. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was going to say, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's cool. The only the only problem with that is when the Cinderella Castle stage show is going on, it's like noise pollution times a hundred. Um, it's like the loudest place on earth. But if you're there in between the stage show or after the stage show, it's a really cool place. It's one of my favorite places anyway. What about the rest of you? Places to sit and hang and watch people. I like the Germany Pavilion at Epcot. If you go back in the courtyard a little bit by the statue and look out, it's one of the few places in Epcot where you really can't see Spaceship Earth. And if you sit there, you really get the feeling that you're someplace else. Hmm. And it's great to people watch and all the little shops and food places are around you. It's just it's a lot of detail and there's no visual there's no visual clue that you're not in Germany. Good, good, good tip. I've never sat down, ever. Oh, Corey. <laughs> I believe it. No, only recently has he sat down. Because <laughs> I make him. <laughs> you know, this is something my parents like to do. They, they, like, they enjoy sitting on the bench in front of uh, City Hall, mm-hmm. watching people as they come in and out of uh, the park. Uh, I, you know, I think a great place would be next to the partner statue. There are some seating areas around there. I like Epcot. I mean, any, anywhere in Epcot, you can just people watch. I used to like the Fountain View Bakery. Um, right up there by the yeah, by the it. fountains, but it's not open anymore. They closed it. I think it's an ice cream place now. Yeah, yeah. it is. It upset me to know. It's, it's open weird hours too. Mm. I, there's certain things I don't. I, I really get upset when they take away. They used to have the best apple cobbler as you went over the bridge into Liberty Square from the hub in the Magic Kingdom. Now it's a caramel corn and funnel cake stand. However. They used to have the best apple cobbler and um, vanilla bean ice cream. And we used to sit there and watch the people come over the bridge into Liberty Square. It's not there anymore, though. So. And now Bob had a favorite place uh, up in the, where he used to take a nap up in the Columbia Harbor House, didn't he? Yep. If you go upstairs, <laughs> it's not always open. It used to be, always be open. There's another dining room upstairs, and there's a walkway over the walkway. <laughs> There's a, a bridge over the walkway between Fantasyland Big Bad and Bob Appreciation Society. There you go. <laughs> Big Bad Bob. Uh, 
you can see Liberty Square on one side and the area around the Haunted Mansion and then Fantasyland Fantasy into like it's a small world from the other side. Also, speaking I of I can Liberty also Squ- take a nap with my eyes open. <laughs> I've seen him do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Liberty Square, um, next to the Hall of Presidents, aren't there like two little rocking chairs? Up on the patio, yeah. yeah. If they're not taken, that's a great spot. <laughs> There's a couple of rocking chairs up there. There's also yeah, the one in front of... the little gift shop the, right by Haunted Mansion. Right. It used to be the Smucker's store. Now yeah. I think they sell Haunted Mansion doodads. <laughs> I think we use Epcot like other people have a city park. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We go into Epcot and, you know, you just kind of stroll around and snack. And it's not a food and wine. It doesn't even have to be food and wine yeah. festival. And any place you sit, there's a lot of detail. And I agree. You can really wander World Showcase for hours and look at the detail. I was actually going to say Germany, too. You stole it. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> That's really You're weird because I thought no one else will say that. I like, um, to, I like to pull up a chair outside of Earl of Sandwich and watch people as they melt down. <laughs> When the kid asked him for four dollars to ride that merry-go-round, <laughs> it's one of my favorite places. That was me last weekend. <laughs> was it? I just spent thousands of dollars on a vacation. Four dollars to ride the freaking. Just soak me for four dollars to ride a merry-go-round, you bastard. Sometimes we go through the park listening for people to say, "Do you know how much this vacation is costing us?" <laughs> no, I like the the little, I guess. Candy store they have there in Germany where they sell just a few things like fudge and a few different chocolates and um, things like that. You get something to eat, and then we go and sit. Well, Taylor and I, we go sit on the benches that look into the pavilion and just watch people go by, watch people have their beers. and it, that, that little courtyard is very, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It, it's secluded from the rest of the park, so you really get a sense that you are someplace like it, else. It flows a little better than some of the others. Too. Yeah, that's right. Teresa, you're relatively new to the whole thing. Have oh, I have f- a spot. Have you found a spot yet? I do. I like down by the docks by the Tom Sawyer. Oh, island. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of the Midwest. I like it. Oh, like cool. It it's cool. You watch the birds come in. And- cool. So everybody has a, has a, a favorite place. They like to uh, sit and people watch. So you got a lot of options there, Don. And, of course, uh, you know, you might discover some of your own uh, while you're down here. So. Bob also used to love the place right behind Liberty Square. It's a smoking area now, mm-hmm. but there used to be oh, that, little, it, yeah. that little courtyard back there that you could kind of get away from. I liked it, too, until it became a smoking area. Right. Yeah, I love the smoking area there. <laughs> Bob would look for quiet parking spots. That's what he would do. Yeah, places <laughs> he could park the cart and go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much. Too much. All right. Well, thank you for the uh, voicemail, Don. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I guess that's me. I have one. All right. All right. This is from John Shar in Baltimore. And he says, hey, guys, I have a request and a question for you. First, for the request, I would like to hear more of Teresa on the podcast. I swear she has the most soothing voice. Granted, this can be a problem as I tend to listen in my car. <laughs> I think it's great. Teresa's been with us how long? And she's already picking up the self-serving emails to read. <laughs> More about me, please. It's all about me. It's all about me. She's just taking her cues from Kevin. That's right. <laughs> Teresa even has Jazzy in there. Just yeah, Teresa. It's me. It's me. Um, granted, this can be a problem as I tend to listen in my car, and while I was listening to her segment about food and wine, I found my car drifting off the road. <laughs> which kind of disturbs me and putting him to sleep or something. Now my question. My question is, we are planning a trip to the world sometime in 09 and would like to stay for 10 days or so. This would be the first time we've ever stayed for so long, and we have a religious issue with traveling on Saturdays. That means no buses, no monorails, nothing but walking around. In fact, there is not much we can do on Saturdays but walk around and swim. We will be traveling with my son, who will be five by then. So, by then, so what resort would you recommend that we have that has enough activities? Be there ever so limited, like great swimming pools, walking distances to parks, etc. Preferably in the valuable to moderate range. Swan dolphin. Thanks for keeping up the great work. John. Swan Dolphin. Swan Dolphin. Yep, because your walking distance to both uh, Epcot and uh, Disney Hollywood Studios and all of the activities that are going on on the boardwalk. And in terms of price point, you're looking at rates of 149 to 159 a night uh, in, in next year, starting at 149 159 The only other one is the contemporary, and you're certainly going to be paying three $400 a night there. And your only walking access is going to be to the Magic Kingdom. Not that that's not, you know, a great thing. Right. But you get two theme parks that you can walk to in uh, 
over at the Swan Dolphin, like I said, Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Plus, you get the entertainment and stuff going on on the boardwalk during the day and at night, especially on a Saturday night. The boardwalk's hopping. Uh, so that's a great pool, and the pool at the Swan Dolphins. Really great pool. It, it's it's it is arguably comparable to uh, Stormalong Bay at the Yacht and Beach Club. Now, the only thing that might be an issue is he might not be able to ride the elevator, so you might have to get a ground floor room because he's saying it sounds to me like he can't do any work, quote unquote, on a Saturday and sometimes right. riding in the elevators. However, some resorts with elevators have it permanently set. Well, if I'm if I'm if I'm getting if I'm guessing the religious issue, it's you can't do anything that creates a spark or a flame. Right. Well, some some resorts and I think this one Dolphin does as well. They have the elevators automatically pushed to go to the lobby. So that shouldn't even be an issue as well. Should be able to just go ahead. During the holy days, the contemporary usually has an elevator that's set to stop at every floor that's so that you don't say. have to mm. right. initiate that at all. Wow, that's Oh, so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, that I could figure out exactly what it was. I couldn't articulate it, but you're right. They stop at every floor. And they have a kids' club, right? So they could leave their yes. they have like a dolphin something. Yep, this, yeah, um, yep they do have a, a, a kids' club, club at the dolphin. Club, dolphin club. Yeah, dolphin you're talking club. about the rates. These rates can get as low as 129 depending yeah, on, the, on the time on of the year. Time, yeah, which is unreal for that resort. So, I mean, yeah, you definitely have options, and uh, you can certainly uh, make your uh, um, whatever whatever special needs you have for your stay Make it known at the time you make your reservation. Um, and uh, since you love Teresa so much, she can handle your Swan Dolphin reservation if you want her to. And she'll, come and car- she'll actually come and carry you up and down the stairs if you need to. She will. She'll push the buttons on the elevator for you. There you go. I used to run an elevator. See? See? She's got experience. That. I have experience. Fifth floor, ladies' lingerie. Yep. Watch your step. <laughs> Watch your step. <laughs> Please keep your head and shoulders inside the elevator. So good. Well, thank you very much for that, Teresa. All right. And who else has a email they would like to read? Um, I have another one. All right, Mrs. Martin. This is from Mandy in Bartow, Florida, otherwise known as Mandy Mommy 4. <laughs> we all know who she is. And she had an idea for a segment, but I'd say it's more something I can answer today, not really a segment. But she was listening to the show a few weeks ago and hearing... Well, I was talking about being pregnant at Walt Disney World, and it made her think back to her first pregnancy, which was also with a boy, and the baby moon that she took with her husband. She was thinking about how much she would have enjoyed having her baby moon at Walt Disney World, but it was the middle of the summer, and she didn't want to be there eight months pregnant, (laughs) which is understandable. Instead, they had gone to a horrible beach hotel that her poor husband had gotten us online that, in quotes, looked nice. Um, she says she thinks it would be a great idea if we talked about baby moon ideas and focused on activities expecting couples would, could enjoy together without entering the parks. I think a few romantic ideas could be nice, too, since it seems like romance gets put on the back burner the first few months after baby. What resort would Julie and Corey pick to baby moon at? Thanks again to the rest of the team for giving this stay-at-home mom a great podcast to keep me entertained. Well, I said the Grand Floridian. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. At um, first, I was like, let's get a cabin, but you can't, I don't know. That's well, just, I thought that was kind of a good idea, too, too, after I thought about it, having the cabin to yourself. You know, maybe you could be really more intimate. You could have your meals there. You could have a few out. You know, you could get the romance going in the cabin in the woods. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have an entirely different idea of romantic. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I mean, not just sex, but. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with sex. <laughs> the woods. Um, the plaza in on Central Park is romantic to me so, with room service. Well, the Grand Floridian for me, I think, is would be great. Um, you have a, re- you know, a spa there. You have a beautiful resort, you know, a pool to use, several fabulous restaurants that you could go to. And then I also thought about the boardwalk. If you had a balcony that overlooked the boardwalk, great for people watching or having your coffee and doing things like that. We discussed Fort Wilderness. Um, the romantic ideas I had as far as not entering the parks would be a fireworks cruise, whether it be on one of the normal pontoon boats or if you have the money taking out the breathless, which I think would be very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple's massage. Now, if you're expecting, they only will massage you if you're in your second or third trimester, not in your first. Um, carriage rides, uh, dinner at Victorian Alberts, or you could have your vow renewal. What I think that would be a great time to do a vow yeah. renewal when you're expecting your first child. 
some fun ideas. Um, I thought hoop de do, and maybe you could talk to someone to get them to pick on your husband <laughs> if you're the wife planning the trip. And uh, concert at House of Blues, depending on who's playing, what kind of music that you like. I think playing the carnival games along the boardwalk are also, you know, fun. You know, winter a stuffed animal for the baby's room, things like that. <laughs> but if you guys have any other suggestions or ideas, those are just what I came up with. In Orlando, um, hot air balloon ride. Oh, yeah, that is sweet. That would be fun. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and then the balloon gets caught in a big gust of wind, and you end up in Daytona. Yeah, really. <laughs> baby ends up an orphan. <laughs> Do the sky coaster, shoot that baby to the coast. <laughs> See if you can hit the space shuttle from Kissimmee. Oh. They rent boats. Um, a, a pontoon boat rental might be nice for just the yeah. two of you. Just, just to drive along by yourself. Take a picnic. Yeah, you could go to Fort Wilderness and get one of those chicken dinner things and rent a pontoon boat. Sounds good. Even hanging out on the beach over at Fort Wilderness is nice. Get that horse-drawn carriage ride, and that's available when you're going to travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it just depends on what you like for yourself, you know, what resort, but, or even what you would like to do. So I just thought a few ideas to, to throw out there for people who are expecting. Great. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. All right. And to wrap our show up for this week, we have Tammy. All right. And to wrap our show up for this week, we have Tammy from Suffolk, Suffolk Virginia, who has some advice for all of us obsessive Disney planners out there. Here's Tammy. Hi, this is Tammy from Suffolk, Virginia. Tammy Rue on the Disboards. I'm fairly new to the Disboards and to the podcast and have really enjoyed getting to know you all through the podcast each week. I wanted to let you know of an experience our family had a few years ago. In December of 2005, my husband and I decided to have a grand gathering with extended family and friends. We were celebrating my son turning 13 our 20th wedding anniversary, and me turning 40 in a few months. I, being the Disney-obsessed person that I am, decided to plan the vacation and make all the arrangements and reservations that we needed and enjoyed every bit of it. I like doing all the research because I get excited about the trip months in advance. Imagine my surprise, though, when we were at MGM Studios and a small little detail got by me. We were there late in the evening, right before park closing, and decided to go see the Osborne Spectacle of Lights. We all turned the corner, and there was snow. Wow, we were so excited and caught up into the magic, and some of us even got weepy. So a tip for all of you Disney-obsessed planners, you might not want to know everything about everything Disney, and if you do, it might be good to keep some of it under your hat to let others be surprised by the magic. We're going back in December of this year to celebrate surviving cancer and a tornado that hit our house earlier. And we're doing the very Merry Christmas party after listening to you all give such praise to the event. And we're very excited about the experience to come. My question to you all is whether or not you've ever been surprised by Disney magic. And if you have, would you mind sharing some of those experiences with, with us? Thank you for everything you do. We really enjoy listening to the podcast. Great. Well, thank you very much for that, Tammy. I think that's a, a good thing to remind people of. You know, we can get so over-involved with planning and details and wanting to know every aspect of every part of the experience we're going to have that spontaneity dies a slow, painful death uh, in the process. And uh, so I think, that's, uh, I think that's something for everybody to keep in mind. And like you said, you know, even if you do want to do all that planning, maybe keep some of it to yourself so that, at least your family uh, will be surprised by some things. Uh, for me, uh, anytime anybody asks me about a magical Disney moment that was unexpected, didn't really come from Disney per se, but um, it was uh, the first time I brought my parents down here when I was still living in Jersey and brought my parents down here uh, on vacation. It was the first time I saw them, my mother and father, holding hands. And as you know, they were walking. I remember, I can still see it in my mind's eye, uh, them walking into Epcot towards Spaceship Earth and, you know, mom and dad holding hands. And this is a couple that have been married for 50 years. And there goes Teresa. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, that, that to me was, I, I still to this day, that, that, that's always stayed with me. Um, it's the sort of thing you can't plan. It's the sort of thing you can't expect. It just happens. And, yeah, those, those experiences are, are priceless. What about anybody else? Uh, any unexpected Disney events? First of all, I want to say I'm a big proponent of this. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I, we try to tell people all the time, you want to be prepared for Disney, but you don't want to go nuts. Because the fun of it is discovering things on your own and having those little special moments. But last this time last year, we had gone to see Candlelight Processional. And afterwards, we went through the shops in the American Pavilion. And as we were coming out the side door, we saw Mr. and Mrs. Claus heading towards their seating area to meet and greet people. And we were with Kevin's folks. And Mr. and Mrs. Claus must have spent five or seven minutes talking to Kevin's mom and Kevin's dad in character, explaining to them about Christmas and what they were doing and asking them what they were doing. And it was like just this thing you couldn't plan, you couldn't ever predict was going to happen. It was just at that right moment. These had to be the most expensive Santa Claus I've ever seen. Really? These were spectacular. They were wearing their good clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. They're good Santa and Mrs. Claus outfits. I think this was really Mr. and Mrs. Claus. I think so. Had to be. Had to be. Incredible. I have to go back a lot further. Um, I've told the story so many times, but we went in 1971, and we could only spend a couple days there. We went back in 1973, and we went over New Year's Eve. And we have a picture um, on New Year's Eve in the Magic Kingdom in 1973. Everybody got a hat, and everybody got a noisemaker. And we have a picture of all of us standing outside of what used to be America the Beautiful with hats and noisemakers. And to this day, my mom and dad call that the best New Year's Eve they've ever had. Hmm. And, I mean, I was 14 at the time, 13 or 14, and I remember it. So it was just... One of those moments. Yep. How about you guys? Corey and Julie. Corey? Uh, one of the things that always, uh, like when my grandma comes, she's very patriotic. And uh, like at Epcot, when the, the band plays in front of the America Pavilion, I mean, she gets so into it. You she know, cries. She, she starts crying. <laughs> and, and even like when she participated in the Family Fun Day Parade, you know, she's walking down Main Street with a, with a hula hoop in her hand and she's waving the American flag. I mean, those things were unexpected. She was you know, doing you, a hula hoop? No, you hold the hula you hoop. Hold you hold it. Oh, okay. it's, it's, it's more Dance of a, around with it. a marching type thing. But, I mean, th- those were unexpected things for me. You, you can't really plan that. You know, I know she, she's very patriotic and she's very emotional when it comes to stuff like that. But just seeing it spur of the moment was great. I have one more. Uh, Bob and his wife, Diana, and their family, and John and I, and my mom and dad spend every Christmas, used to spend every Christmas Eve together. And we would go to the candlelight processional on Christmas Eve. Before Bob's mom passed away, she had started with dementia. Yeah. And she wasn't very communicative, and she wasn't very... There was not a lot of communication at all. There was not... It didn't seem like there was a lot of contact. And we sat in the candlelight processional one night. This is going to make me cry. And Bob sat and watched his mom sing every word to every song. And she didn't speak at that point, but she sang out loud. And in the following year, she passed. And we had decided at that point that maybe this was too much of an effort, too much of a, that going out on Christmas Eve was maybe too difficult. Maybe we should try something else. And Bobby asked us to go one more year. And we did. And we all sat there and sang every word to every song with Bob. Wow. He loved that. Yeah, he did. He did. I didn't expect to do that. Such a downer. Sorry. No, stop. <laughs> okay, I've got one. It's kind of good. When you walk into the Magic Kingdom and you're busy looking at everything, turn and look at your kids' faces and see what they're saying. Mm. That'll make you cry. Because they're so excited. You know, they're like. It's completely different when you see it through a 
kid's eyes or someone who's never been there's eyes. Right. It's it's an incredible experience because you sort of recapture that wonder that you had the first time you saw it. Yeah. I never expected this uh, to go where it went, but I think it's... I know. I, I say that with all sincerity. I think it's great. Did you get to go, Julie? No, I haven't got to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to have to Kleenex. Um, mine's not going to make you cry, but uh, I would have to say mine both were in Disneyland, and the first time was in 06 when we went with Bob, and all I wanted to do was ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and I felt like I was five again mm. when I rode at the Magic Kingdom. And then this past year, my my encounter with Captain Jack over in the New Orleans Square, that was something you couldn't have planned, you couldn't have expected, and it just it totally took me by surprise and Corey, because he didn't even know it was me, and <laughs> he was taking photos of the whole encounter. But um, recently, Taylor, she cannot stand these commercials about Disney and the celebrating uh, whatever you want throughout the year. It's depressing her. The brainwashing Every time I talk to her on the phone, she's like, I really want to come to Disney World. (laughs) She's like, these commercials are just making me so sad. I can't be there. (laughs) So that just shows me that she has been touched and, you know, that she really enjoys May. So she's still in school at the first of May. You know, it's funny you mention Mr. Toad's Wild Ride because (laughs) When Walter and I were out in California in April, uh, we went and did Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. He had never done it before. And, you know, I've, I've shared on the show and on the site in the past that, you know, Walter is not a Disney file the way we are. But it was the first time I saw him in a Disney theme park where he got excited and really just enjoyed, enjoyed it. He had that childlike look in his eyes. It was really cool. It was really, really cool. And this is stuff, as we said, this is stuff you can't plan. And sometimes when you get so over-involved in the planning process and you're so commando-style about how you approach it, you overlook these things. You miss these things. And you tend to expect more things and, and you forget you know, to look around. You, you, yeah. You're so busy planning it, you forget to experience it. Yeah. So I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a, good, it was a good tip from one of our listeners uh, to remind everybody that you know, absolutely. You have to. You have to sh- show up here with some kind of plan, but uh, don't forget to uh, don't forget to experience your vacation, not just not just plan it. And with that, we're going to wrap our show up for this week. Want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>